Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. Welcome back to another Simpsons is greater than questions and answers extravaganza. As always, I'm your host, Warren, better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness. You just might know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, slide on over there when you're done with this one and give it a look. I really think you will enjoy it. And if you didn't already know, I'm here with my main man, Botter Milligan. Say hello to the people, Botter. Yeah, what's up, people? <laughs> what's up, people? Um, to anyone that's joining us for the first time, I do want to apologize that I am a month and a half or two months, some shit like that. I'm late on this Q&A. I come out with this announcement that, oh, we're doing these every month now. Everybody get excited, submit your questions. And then, you know, classic Warren I just fall off and, and miss it for like a whole month and almost two months, but we're back with another Q&A and I couldn't be happier to have all of you listening to have Botter here with me once again for your uh, pleasure. I was on, um, um, uh, you know, I was unemployed for a minute, but but I'm back now, you know, but yeah, that's, the life of a, um, that's the life of an independent contractor, you know, I come and go <laughs> as work pleases. <laughs> and I know, you know, I, I appreciate those that asked me where the episode was. And I appreciate all the comments and all the love and all the emails. Uh, and to all those that submitted questions, I always love to get that. And also, send me more emails and let me know how you guys are feeling about Podboys, because Podboys should not be mistaken for the Q&As. That's the after show, baby. So if you if you haven't listened to the Podboys episodes yet, I'm going to encourage you to get that ASAP and uh, check that shit out. So, Botter, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Yo, I'm I'm doing good. I will say I don't blame anyone that maybe um, mis, uh, mistakens the Podboys series for a Q and A. Cause I, you know, I feel like, you know, we, we just got that, you know, we, we got it down pack at this point. The chemistry is there and I, I don't blame you. You're listening to maybe pod boys, a Q and A and you're like, good golly gracious. I can't tell the difference. It's just seamless. I don't blame you at all. I don't blame yo, you. Yo, keep these boys in my ears at all times. So if you're loving those, <laughs> yo, let us know that you're loving it. Uh, yeah. so, so this is a Q and A and we're going to get into some questions. I picked out some of my absolute favorites. I'm going to answer as many as I can. Uh, as usual, there's no way I can answer all of them. Uh, so thank, I, I, that's a good problem to have, and I'm going to say thank you. But I'm going to kick us off with an experience that I just have to tell someone, and I figure why not tell it on my podcast? And I also have not even told Botter this yet. So you're going to hear Botter's live reaction to this. Uh, I mean, it's a rather stupid story, but if 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 they, if they don't think it's funny, if any of you don't think this is funny, I'll be shocked. Uh, but so here's a story that I've been wanting to share with Botter for about two weeks um, recently. I ordered some food on my lunch break at work. Okay. Um, I mean, hold on. Let me think of how to set this story up, everybody. So recently my job was very busy and I was like, you know, I don't really have time to go pick up lunch today. I'm just going to, I'm going to grub up something. I'm going to be convenient. I'm going to, I'm going to get something on its way. So by the time I take my lunch, the lunch is here. I don't have to sit down for too long. I don't have to miss out on work that I got to get done today. Uh, so I order this food and I, I'm like, you know what? I just want something simple. I'm just going to grab an impossible Whopper from Burger King. And, uh, hopefully by the time I'm done, that's already here and I can take lunch. Well, I ordered this burger 
and I look at my finder, the little tracker, and I go, oh, they're going to be here ahead of schedule. It says he's like five minutes away. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I'm just going to go ahead and clock out now, go ahead and sit down. He'll probably roll up in, a, in just a couple minutes and I'll enjoy my lunch. Well, five minutes turns into 10 minutes, 10 minutes turns into 15 minutes, 15 turns into 30. I mean, you all, you all know where this is going. It, come, it becomes a ridiculous amount of time. Now, Botter, if you had to get to this point in the story and make a guess as to what happened, do you have any theories? I'm assuming that he probably got, I mean, it's lunch rush, maybe got tied up, maybe the, the the restaurant was slammed or something like that. That would that would be logical, right? That would make a lot of sense. So I pull up the app, I check on my man, I'm trying to figure out where he is. And uh, I noticed that they have not only driven past my work, but they've driven well in the other direction <laughs> and just parked. They've just, uh, you know, they just posted up in a parking lot. So I'm like, okay, what does this person do? Maybe they're trying to pick up multiple orders. Maybe they're trying to, you know, find some way to, to knock it all out in one punch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut him some slack. I'll give him another few minutes. So then I keep checking this tracker and no joke, this person never leaves the parking lot. So I look up the address and the parking lot is a high school. Okay. So then I start going, why would this person sign up to deliver DoorDash or grub up whatever it was? I'm already, it's DoorDash, I think. Why would they do that and then just not deliver the food? So I'm like, is this person finessing a free meal through hmm. DoorDash? Like they almost have to. So then I grab the phone and I try to send him a text. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm just checking on the status of my order. No response. So then I'm sitting there and I'm just like, you know what? This is messing up my whole day. I want to know what happened to my food. I'm just going to contact Burger King and see what they can do. Burger King tells me, no joke. Well, I see that your food is out for delivery. So if you could just be patient, I'm sure it'll get there soon. I'm like, yo, this has been an hour. I don't, I don't think it's coming. I bet if I order the food again, it'll be here before then. So then in my complaining, I look down at the name to be like, why in the hell would this person? And when I see the name, it becomes very clear what happened, Bonner. I would like for you to try your best to pronounce that name for me, if you could. Oh, here Just sound it out. Time. Take your time. Yes, it's on the notes. I would like for you to try to pronounce. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Is it is it your your Uranus? Uranus? <laughs> Get the fuck out! <laughs> you know what? On some real shit, I I had I saw I saw the notes and I was like, oh, that must be an acronym or something because it. it Looks like a fucked up way of saying your anus, like you yeah. know, some teenager. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here's oh, the shit. thing. Actually, oh my god, wait, wait. The, the Simpsons I- irony just set in. The fact that Nevada Darkness got hit. Actually, f- finish it first. Finish it first. No, That's no, so, so, so at this point, I realize <laughs> that my man made his name. He made a DoorDash account under a misspelled version of the word Uranus, and he was using it to finesse free meals. And at that point, I wasn't even mad anymore. I wasn't even mad anymore. I was like, you know, it was like a high school kid. Yes. Probably. This kid oh, is a genius. Out. Yo, shout outs to Uranus. Yo, shout outs <laughs> to Uranus. Straight I up. I mean, it, it, and, and, and for the listeners out there, the spelling is, is pretty interesting. I've not ever, I well, don't think I've let, ever seen let me, this. Let me say this. So I looked it up and I found that this actually is a name that I have seen or that there are actually people hmm. with this name. However, without really knowing for sure, I would assume that, it's, you know, you see those memes where someone like screenshots a name that looks like a line from a song or they screenshot something that when you say it, it sounds like another word. I yeah. feel like this is some meme that this kid saw and was like, yo, if I ever sign up for one of these accounts, I'm going to call it Uranus and no one will ever get it. Now, 
I am willing to admit that there is a slight possibility that maybe it's all a coincidence. Maybe something happened. Maybe Uranus is actually their name mm-hmm. and they had they went to go get their kid. Their kid did something at school. There's a million scenarios where maybe it's real, but I'm going to choose to believe that this young man or person signed up for a DoorDash account and said, we eating for free today. <laughs> well, here's the thing is, you know, I mean, I, I guess it could be applicable to them, but, you know, I, I imagine your order was along the lines of a vegan order. So I wonder, I wonder what their, their, their surprise was. Maybe it was, oh, sweet. I've been <laughs> meaning to try the <laughs> vegan burger. Yeah. I've been wanting to try the impossible Whopper. Score. It's my opportunity. <laughs> oh yeah. Sure. There's, there's probably, uh, uh there's probably a less funnier explanation, but I like this one way more. <laughs> that that was well worth the wait. I think it has to be true, and I and I laughed I laughed so hard when I made the connection to the name. So I hope everyone enjoyed that story. I've, I've I decided a week ago I was gonna save that for the podcast. So so there you go. Well, today I want everyone to uh, to know up front that we're not only gonna do questions. I'm also going to read off some of your unpopular opinions. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I've been talking about this a lot lately. And, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna, when we get to the end, I'm going to read off some of those. We're not going to touch on them for too long, but we're just going to go over what I think are some of the funny ones. And, uh, yeah, that'll wrap us up today. So, Botter, do you have anything else before we get into the questions? Uh, no, other than um, let me knock out my shameless plugs at the top. I run a comic book podcast called The Short Box Podcast. It's available on most, if not all, podcast apps. Anywhere that you're listening to this show, you can find The Short Box uh, search for that. Hit that subscribe button, especially if you are a fan of entertaining uh, discussions based on comic books or interviews with um, you know the best creators in the industry. We also recommend a, a bunch of cool things worthy of your time to check out. So I, it would mean the world to me, you know, if you gave my little podcast a listen. It, it won't it won't change the fact that I'll, I'll be on Warrens every you know month or so, and we'll continue doing Pod Boys. But if you want like a triple dose. Uh, of me and, and my crew, check out the short box. That's all yeah. I got to say, Warren. You, you should absolutely all be doing that. And I don't want any excuses at this point. If, if someone's listening to this that likes Botter's beautiful voice, as I often say, you should be sliding over to short box and subscribing right now. So please do that. But without any further ado, let's get into some questions. I've been missing these Q and A, so I'm ready. I'm ready to rock on this. Yeah, and I think this one, um, once again, you know, the the batch of questions, uh, the the quality just seems to improve every month. So, uh, early shout outs to everyone that has submitted. I'll start sure. off with this first one. I'll go with um, a question from uh, the uh, a user by the name of Alex underscore Sensation. They write, honestly, what season do you notice the decline? So this is a question, or not even so much a question, but it's something that a lot of people talk about on the internet. They try to like narrow down, like when the Simpsons got bad, or like oh, like you know, this is the real moment where stuff changed, and 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 whatever. I don't really subscribe to that. I do think you can point to certain areas where things got a little weird, and you can you can start to line those up if you really want. Uh, but for me, I think thirteen is is a low point for the show, and I've had some people. Uh, recently, surprisingly, tell me that they disagree with that when I've given that answer. But I think if you stack 12 next to 13, 13 does feel strange. And that's not to say that there's not so great episodes in it. As I often say on this podcast, there's a lot of really good episodes in that season, uh, as there is in every season. But I think 13 is where things start to change. And not only that, but I think 13 uh, moving forward 
is the first real pocket where there's less than great episodes. You could say 11 Hmm. and 12 have a couple that are not great, but 13, I would say there are more subpar episodes than there are great ones. Um, And in the recent episode, I talked about how I think, you know, 14 is sort of the same way. I think 15 gets better. 16 gets better. 17 gets better. And then it's sort of up and down because of the movie and other things uh, until you get to around 26. Everyone's hearing me say this lately about 26. I think 26 is a very underrated season. And I think that 26 to current is is the strongest chunk since the classic seasons. Um, and, you know, I, if, if you haven't watched seasons in that window, let me encourage you to do that because I think you see a lot of um, self-awareness on the show when you get to 26. Like they start sort of like realizing where, you know, they want to make changes to get back when, where the feeling was different. And you see some really great episodes in that season move, and moving forward. So, you know, 13 is my simple answer, but I think it's way more complex of a question than that. I don't think there's really a, you know, there's, there's not really a way to actually figure out what changed other than just comedy. Have you ever, um, and, and I probably imagine not, but I'll ask anyways, have you ever posed that question to, um, have you posed that question to some of your guests that you've had on the show? Like, have you ever asked them what, what they think might be the, the, the weakest, um, or, or however you would phrase that? Have you ever gotten like a, any interesting responses from any of the guests you've had? Well, you know, I, I will direct anyone that's new to the podcast back to episode seven with Mike Scully, because he straight up says, he's like, you know, I think in any season beyond a certain point, because comedy is, is changing so much that, you know, you allow yourself a few clunkers. Like you have a few episodes that are funny on the page. And they just don't really come across once you get them into animation and you start recording, you do all that. And, you know, I mean, I think any of us would understand that sometimes you're going to hear a joke or you're going to see something that you think is very funny, but it is context. And once you get to a different stage in that process of anything, maybe it doesn't work as well as the initial idea. And um, I think The Simpsons did so much in those early seasons to stand out and be different that when you get to like, you know, those teenage seasons, they had, they had to figure out a new way to approach the show. They're like, well, we've done stuff about this. What, what else can we do? And I think that's why you see things that's, that's why you see them go through some changes at that point. But, uh, yeah. So if, if you, if you held a gun to my head, I'd say 13. Uh, but I think, I think the show quickly recovers because I think 15 is one of the most underrated seasons, as I always say. Good insight. All right. So this next question comes from a user by the name of Clamper underscore Johnson. They write favorite itchy and scratch. They're asking, what are your favorite itchy and scratchy moments? So Clamper, I did you one better. And not only did I make a list of three, but I actually wrote down the synopsis for anyone that is not familiar with them just by the name alone. There's a lot of itchy and scratchies out there, everybody. I'm sure you know that if you've been watching The Simpsons, but even in seasons that some of you have not seen, just think about how many itchy and scratchies you're missing. So uh, this is a tough list to make because there's so many good itchy and scratchy episodes, and I I spent a decent amount of time trying to narrow it down, so this is where I landed. Uh, My Bloody Valentine from I Love Lisa, uh, and the synopsis is as follows. Itchy and Scratchy give each other Valentine's Day gifts. Scratchy gives Itchy a heart-shaped card. Itchy gives Scratchy the cat's own real heart. At home, Scratchy reads a newspaper saying he needs a heart to stay alive, but dies before he can reach it on his mantelpiece. That's a classic. That's one of the first ones that came to mind. Yeah, that's that's where my brain went to immediately. The other two were not as easy. And also, shout out to Kid Robot for making the itchy and scratchy toys from that episode. And that's you know maybe I'm a little biased because I love those toys so much, but that's my favorite itchy and scratchy. 
the next one I wrote down is Flay Me to the Moon from Homer the Heretic. Scratchy reads of a space launch in the paper. And she sneaks into his house and pulls his tongue out like a fishing line, runs outside, and ties it to the spaceship. It takes off with Scratchy's tongue unwinding to enormous proportions. I also just want to say that these synopsis are so funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like if you like out of context, like out of knowing what it is, if you just read these to someone, they would be like, "What in the hell are you watching? Yeah, what, what are you reading? Or what yeah. are you watching? Yeah, yeah, what are you watching? Uh, so." Uh, unwinding to enormous proportions until the vessel orbits the moon twice and ties a knot around it with the tongue. This pulls the moon towards the earth and Scratchy only noticing now panics and hides in the closet. The moon crushes his house with him inside. Inside NASA headquarters, mice celebrate a successful mission and drink champagne. Itchy mice, as they as they call it in the uh, synopsis. Um, and last but not least, uh, Skinless in Seattle from Bart Sells His Soul. I know Botter loves this one. Come on, uh, I know that's one of your favorite episodes. Uh, Scratchy is supposed to meet his lover at the Space Needle, but this is actually yet another of Itchy's schemes to kill Scratchy. Well, we know that. That's a little surprise. <laughs> Itchy throws down a penny, but it misses Scratchy, who is lovesick for his mystery lover and oblivious to Itchy's attempted murder. Miniature souvenir space needles also fail to kill Scratchy. Instead, they form an ironic heart shape around him. Visibly annoyed, Itchy saws off the top half of the space needle, which hits Scratchy in the eye as he looks up. Scratchy runs around in agony with the space needle stuck in his eyeball. Now, if you ever want to freak your mom out and she doesn't know you watch The Simpsons, uh, just read her those and tell her that's your current favorite show, and I think she will have you committed. I think the, the the heart one was the first one that came to mind, but then immediately the second one that has always kind of stuck with me when I think Itchy and Scratchy is um <laughs> when Itchy was uh feeding Scratchy his own like fucking um you know <laughs> his stomach really feeding him himself you know his stomach but <laughs> that just like I just one of them like early memories of Simpsons that always stuck with me as a kid it was like whoa that could be like infinite like you know? <laughs> yeah that's my runner up for sure yeah okay word that was a good question um next up is a question from simpsons underscore shelf they write do you know how much your collection is worth uh yo shout out to simpsons shelf shout out to everybody um the 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 true answer to that is i have a number in mind and i have things that i you know, I have like a number I would probably sell it for, like if someone offered it to me. And maybe that was even in the first Q&A. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I feel like maybe it was. Uh, but in all honesty, I've never sat down and truly added up what my collection is worth. Uh, and I think if I did that, it would probably drive me nuts because one, it would take forever. And two, it might make me actually want to sell it when I see how much money. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the true answer uh, is no. But uh, some of you, I will say, I just recently sold some stuff uh, in my story. If you're listening to this, uh, it was either a week ago or a few days ago from the time we were recording this. Uh, but I sold some stuff in my story, and I actually got a lot of messages from people that were like, oh, no, is something wrong? Why are you selling your stuff? And uh, I was like, no, 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 I've just got some extras. It's duplicates. It's things I don't need. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate the fact that people were worried for me that I was getting rid of the collection. So that was very nice. No, oh, that's really sweet. It's not going anywhere, everybody. All right, this next one comes from d.rock.c. Uh, they write, what are some genuinely great newer episodes that almost captured the old magic? The old magic, as they say. So what I when I thought about this question, there's a lot of answers that I could give. And there's some that I've talked about in other episodes like uh, that, that would work here. But I also really wanted to narrow it down to episodes that I actually think you could put side by side with a quote-unquote classic 
and you would really enjoy it and probably, you know, feel like you've been missing out with these episodes. The first one that I wrote down is from season 26, like I talked about earlier, and that is Bart's New Friend, um, written by Judd Apatow, uh, actually written in the 90s. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me talk about that before, but they changed the script a whole lot uh, once, you know, they asked him to come back and do the episode with them. So it's really not the same as he wrote back then, but it did originally get submitted to them in the 90s. Uh, and Judd also wrote on The Critic and things like that, for those who don't know. Uh, so th- the synopsis of this episode is... And I think I think these are also more important than the itchy and scratchy ones because these might actually make some of you want to watch. So I think that's important also. Uh, Homer goes to a hypnotist and ends up believing that he is 10 years old. However, when the hypnotist is arrested, Homer becomes stuck in his new age, so he bonds with Bart and refuses entry back into the responsibilities of adulthood. This is a very like touching episode because you see a side of Homer that you that you see for jokes, but you don't see it sincerely. And you see Bart sort of gain this new respect for Homer uh, and, you know, sort of look up to him in a different way because he realizes that everything he thought about Homer is actually quite different. Now, I don't think I've ever suggested this episode to anyone and they haven't liked it, but I'm sure I have no doubt in my mind that some of my listeners have not seen it. So I'm going to push that episode yet again. uh, And that's going to be the first one that I hit you with. Botter, that goes for you as well. Yeah, that one sounds like right up my alley. That sounds actually really interesting. (laughs) Really, really good. Really touching ending, like I said. Uh, So the next one, and I've also talked about this one once or twice, but Halloween of Horror, written by the great Carolyn Amine, guest on the podcast from season 27, so the following season. And I would give this, uh, I would put this on a list for best, like top five best modern episodes. Uh, I would put this in top five of any episode after, you know, season 12 or whatever number you guys want to assign. Um, just such a good episode and it is a little different, but we'll get into that. So after costing salesmen their job, they invade the Simpson household to get revenge on Homer. Meanwhile, Lisa starts becoming scared of everything after she experiences horror night at Krusty land. And we obviously that's a, a Halloween of horror or horror, Halloween horror nights from, uh, universal. So a little, little reference there. Uh, so Homer takes down his Halloween Everscream terrors decorations to avoid scaring Lisa further. In another subplot, Marge takes Bart to a trick or treating party because Homer had to take down the decorations, but Bart still gets upset when she can't get in due to the party being residents only. Uh, now I know some people uh, thought this episode was odd because you find out something about Lisa having like a comfort item, like something that's never been me- hmm. referenced before, uh, something that she used to keep with her to make her feel safe. It's like a tale from one of her dolls. But I actually think that's a great, it gives another layer to Lisa, and it's cool to see her in that way. And also, you see Homer be more of a dad in this episode. Like, you still have funny moments from Homer that feel like Homer, but you also see him, like, actually step up and really want to help Lisa. And I just have a hard time thinking anyone could watch it and not like it. And also, they did it the week before the Treehouse in that season, so you got back-to-back Halloween episodes which, you know, I, I love butter. I love Halloween. So, Taylor's back. Hmm. Taylor just makes me feel so safe. I don't know why I ever gave it up. Breaks my heart that Lisa can't deal with her emotions without a crutch. Well, kids are weak, March. Oh, yeah. The next one I have is Diary Queen. I went a little more current. Uh, this is in the current season of season 32. Bart and Milhouse discover Miss Krabappel's old diary after buying a bunch of books at Ned Flanders' yard sale to attempt a stunt. Discovering a page where Krabappel had written her success of fixing Bart's school life after classes, Bart is suddenly convinced that he's the most improved student. 
With the help of Maggie, Lisa finds the diary at the treehouse and discovers that Miss Krabappel was actually referring to her cat, but only reveals this to Bart <laughs> after he decides to enter the school's spelling bee. Later in the treehouse, Ned tells Bart that Miss Krabappel surely still thought fondly of him, and a thankful Bart returns the diary to Ned. Oh, that's a, that sounds like a sweet one. It is, and also the story goes that they had some leftover lines that had been recorded for Miss Krabappel, and they wanted to use them in some way, and they found a way to do it in this episode with a couple flashbacks. And uh, it's a very it's a very good episode. And also, as I always say, it wouldn't be an episode of the show if I didn't say this, but the current season really good, and it's about to wrap up soon. So anyone that hasn't sat down and, and plowed through season thirty two, let's let's go. What are you waiting on? Let's get it. Man, behind that tough demeanor is just a, a big old heart. You chose a, a lot of very, <laughs> I, 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 you have a track record of picking like very sentimental ones, especially when they involve like Homer. I, I see that you enjoy like the Homer and Lisa dynamic, and and I'm kind of in the same boat too. I I, I love anytime Homer kind of like steps up and, and like you know he, he plays like when he's got a chance to be like the redeeming father, you know, and and he's and he's like you know I may be a bumbling idiot, but goddamn it, do I love my kids? Exactly, and I think that's cool when they give episodes like room to grow that way. Like they still feel like Homer. They still feel like they have that dynamic, but you watch Homer sort of realize what he has to do in those moments. And so, you know, it doesn't take him out of his character, but it also like just gives him another layer. Like I always say, and uh, yeah, those episodes are really great. And maybe that's something that I don't fully realize, but I like the emotional episodes. I like, you know, the ones that, uh, that sort of tug at the heartstrings. That's just the, the sort of guy that I am. I recently found out that apparently there is a gene that some people had that makes them more prone to getting emotional at uh, seemingly simple things like commercials and things like that. So if anyone listening knows anything about that, I would love to uh, to talk about it because apparently I have that because, man, sometimes I will straight up watch a commercial for Google and I will cry. So maybe something's wrong with me. <laughs> or not, not wrong with me, but maybe I just need to look into what that could mean. No, nah, you, you just in tune with your feelings, man. That's That's a good thing. <laughs> All right, so this next question comes from, uh, you know, and after I'll be a little personal on this. I comes from one of my favorite submitters, uh, Olivia underscore Blackstone. Who shout out I, Olivia. I has, yeah, shout out to Olivia. I think has submitted a question every single episode for, for every single one of these Q&As and always comes through. Yeah, did the rest um, of y'all hear that? Olivia is stunting <laughs> on everybody. I need everyone yeah. to have that same energy. I need, I need all of you to step up like yeah. Olivia. And she always gives me a few to choose from, so shout out to Olivia. Indeed, indeed. So, okay, so uh, she wrote in uh, and wants to know, what do you think have been some of the most teachable moments slash episodes within the show? Episodes of The Simpsons were actually used in my philosophy class in school as part of the curriculum. Solid question. Yeah, first of all, that is really cool. I wish I was in a class that used Simpsons to teach the class. Right. Dude, I, so, I always get jealous when, when I hear, like, you know, like, uh, uh, college students, you know, yeah, I, I, I went and had, you know, comic philosophy, you know, 101, or something cool, and I'm like, shit, I had a bum-ass college career, like... <laughs> I had English and, you know, fucking space uh, studies. Like, yeah, that that's tight. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Olivia. And I, uh, you know, again, uh, one thing I like about these Q&A episodes is it's coming to a point where I get questions that allow me to make lists. And I enjoy making a nice list, so this is no different. Although I did not write down the synopsis uh, for these. I figured you guys had enough of that at this point in the episode. But, you know, I, I had to go with, first and foremost, Lisa the Vegetarian. Because I think this is a subject that, you know, The Simpsons tackled very early at a point where a lot of shows were not really talking about this uh, or or at the very least, were not really open to having discussions uh, that show both sides of it. And also, 
I think it's interesting because Lisa kind of takes this moral high ground once she has this realization about animal rights and things that she wants to look at in her own life. But it also does kind of make her feel superior to everyone. And I think it's cool that the episode brings you to a place hmm. where it's like, yeah, you can you can have this growth as a person. You can learn these lessons. You can apply them to your life. But also that doesn't give you the right to walk around and, and feel better than everyone. And I think that's a cool uh, it's a cool approach that the episode makes. And it also gave Lisa a characteristic that stayed with her the entire show beyond then. And I think that's something you don't see in a lot of episodes, something that really sticks with her. Um, and I just I just think there's a lot of lessons in it from all perspectives. I think anyone could take something away from that episode, even if they don't agree with Lisa. I think it's just a it's a nice uh, it's a nice study in human nature when they're like discovering themselves and, and what they like. Um, beyond that, I have Mother Simpson, which again, we're talking about growth here. Uh, you see Homer meet his mom for the first time since he was a kid. She comes back into his life. And this is a scenario that a lot of people can relate to. You saw other shows like Fresh Prince tackle this, which is another episode that don't even get me started. Oh, man. Uh, that episode episode destroys me. I can't even watery talk about eyes it. Just, just, watery on. eyes just thinking about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a constant onion just being sliced near my face when that episode's <laughs> on. Uh, but yeah, we, we see a similar scenario here where Homer is forced to face this underlying condition or problem, I should say, that he's had with his mom. And you see the family sort of step up and say, Homer, like, you know, you can't, you can't get too caught up in this. You're just going to get hurt. Um, and I, I think it's a great learning experience for the viewers watching Homer, like get this new layer. Like I keep saying, I keep talking about these new layers, but you got to love when you see that in the show and you see him grow in that way. And you see, you see him have to come to terms with this and tell his mom, you know, like I'll miss you. And, and it's this really special thing. Another reason I love season 15 is you actually see her return. So that's another plug for season 15. That's the next time you see her. Uh, but I think there's, you know, again, lots of emotional ups and downs in this episode. And I think you can take something away from that, whether you've been through that exact experience or just, you know, maybe sort of understanding how someone close to you went through an experience like that with a loved one, with a parent. And uh, I, I think there's a lot to take from that. Um, lastly, on that list, I have Bart's new friend yet again. Uh, because you see Bart learn things about Homer that he never knew, like why he eats so much, why he, you know, hides his emotions and food and alcohol and like the things he wanted in his future. When he was a kid, you hear him talk about like, Oh, when I get older, I'm going to do this. And you see that affect Bart. You see him say, Oh man, like Homer wanted this other life. And because he had a family and he had kids, he never got to that point. He never got that other life. And, uh, so, you know, these are all things that I think are just, while they are specific scenarios within the show, I think they give everyone an opportunity to sort of take something from that and apply it to their own lives. So Olivia, I hope that answers your question. And I hope all of you uh, watch those episodes tonight in my honor. You know, I was, um, I was recently watching, uh, well, maybe a, a few weeks ago, actually the, and of course I don't have the episode title pulled up right now, but it's the episode where like a, a gay neighbor moves into the neighborhood or something like that. And Bart starts hanging out with them. And then Homer feels like he's got to like, <laughs> He's got to like, you know, man him up or something like that. So he takes him to that steel mill. <laughs> and as sitting front, you know, it does all this crazy shit to try to like, you know, keep him masculine and stuff. But by the end of it, he just kind of accepts like, eh, you know, whatever you become, I'm, I'm going to love you. And there's no reason for me to judge this guy. But, I, I, you know, watching that episode, and I probably haven't watched that episode since seeing it for the first time. 
Um, but I was like, man, they really tackled this very tastefully. Now, now, granted, in 2020, it might not look like anything, but you know, when you kind of think about at the time it was airing and how um, you know it was still somewhat taboo or maybe not as mainstream, I I get I was just like, man, on top of this and the, you know the the least episode you talked about and my personal favorite, the Bart Soul, um, it's definitely made me appreciate how they've managed to tackle these very nuanced conversations and topics that have many layers and many perspectives and there's no real one answer but how they kind of you know tackle it from all these different angles and and happen to you know provide as much perspective as possible so yeah I i think homer is a perfect vehicle for lots of different angles into just societal uh, you know, commentary. Like you look at that episode, Homer's Phobia, one of my absolute favorites. Also, sh- probably should have made the list in retrospect, just an all time great. And you just see Homer, you know, have this really ignorant opinion mm-hmm. from that comes from nothing. Like it comes from a place of just truly not understanding this lifestyle. And, you know, you watch everyone else be like, Homer, you, you just don't get it. Why are you being so weird? Like, you know, he's great. And you just watch him come around and sort of grow and learn again from this scenario. And, you know, I think all the characters in the show are great vehicles to things like that. But I think because Homer is so stupid at the end of the day, he really is perfect yeah. to, to give growth. So, He's yeah, a that's blank a- slate to learn, you know, through, <laughs> uh, of course, he learns through the most difficult ways possible. But um, <laughs> just one last thing about that episode, because <laughs> when they were in the car and Mo was like, well, you know, because he took him out hunting and, you know, it failed for whatever reason. And then Mo was like, well, at least Homer, you got Lisa. And then he was like, well, Lisa's a vegetarian. And Mo's like, ah, oh, God, God no. <laughs> Come on, don't take it so hard, Homer. Still got that other kid, uh, Lisa. Let's uh, take her out hunting tomorrow. Make her into a man. Oh, she'd never go. She's a vegetarian. Oh, jeez. Homer, jeez. You and Marge ain't cousins, are you? No. I'm sorry, just the level of... Sometimes Mo just has, like... His level of disgust when he says certain stuff, it just... I don't know, it just resonates. And it's so funny how he said that line. Oh, God. Yeah. Homer. Yeah, it's so good. And, and anyone that's yeah. listening to these Q&As knows oh, Botter loves Mo, and I, I got to agree. Yeah, Mo, is, Mo is such a... You know, you talk about good vehicles. Mo is a perfect oh, vehicle sure. to just a sad, pathetic no, joke yeah, like yeah. that. Fair enough. That was a good one. Good question, Olivia. Thank you. All right, this next one comes from j.w.osborne. He writes, uh, did you ever think your interest in Simpsons merch would take you this far? Well, you know, when I first became famous, I really sat back <laughs> and thought... As I sit on my throne, no. Uh, so, uh, you know, honestly, I think what what uh, J.W. Osborne is asking is, did I ever think that collecting would, you know, lead me to a podcast that allowed me to meet so many people that I admire? Would it, you know, lead me to sharing it online and actually getting to share that experience with some sort of following and things like that? And if that's what he means, and I'm going to take it that way, uh, no, I did not. Uh, when I started Bard of Darkness, uh, it was purely... And I've said this before, so I won't stay on it too long, but I, it was purely to catalog a collection that I did not have room to display. So I was like, well, you know, my rent is cheap in this apartment. I, I'm getting into this cool hobby of collecting Simpsons stuff. I choose to say that it's cool because it is. <laughs> God damn it. And, uh, you know, I was just like, I'm going to buy this stuff. And, and in the meantime, I'm just going to store it wherever I can. And this Instagram will at least allow me to look at it without having to pull boxes out and do all this and do all that. So it just gave me an opportunity to share it. And I did not expect it to get to the point that it did. 
Um, and you know, I, I certainly didn't expect it to lead to a podcast or any sort of community where I could record episodes like this, where I, you know, you all want to know how I feel about the show and things within the show and my opinion on things like that. And just know that it really does mean a lot. And, uh, you know, I mean, I say that sincerely, I know I'm talking about a lot of emotional episodes here. I'm not trying to, to go off on an emotional, uh, tangent here, but it is sincerely very important to me that anyone cares or that you listen to this podcast and, uh, you guys are the shit. Yeah. You got a solid audience, man. And, um, and, and, you know, that's just, and maybe because the two recent interviews I've done for, for my show has, has kind of put me in this mentality, but you know, there is something about just kind of following and as cheesy as it sounds, there is something about following your passion. You know, you never know where it takes you. Um, I mean, for you, look, I mean, you know, it gave you a, a, a strong community, a podcast, the opportunity to meet some of your, you know, your idols and things. And you know, none of this stuff was planned for you. You just really love this thing and you just let it kind of take you. Yeah. And I, you know, that, so for what it's worth to anyone, if you have a cool idea for something you want to try, I believe I said something very similar, uh, way back when I was on Botter's podcast before, before this podcast was even a twinkle in my eye. Um, you know, I went on his show and he asked me something similar to that. And I said, if you have a cool idea, you know, just fucking try it. Like if you want to start an Instagram, that's about coffee or hot sauce or anything, just, just start that Instagram and see what happens. You might find like-minded people that care what you think that want to have conversations with you about any said topic. And uh, so I encourage everyone to do that. Even though the algorithm makes it very hard, I know it pisses me the fuck off too all the time. Um, but Hey, we're, we're pushing through together, everybody. Absolutely. And, and just, uh, one more shameless plug, but, um, plug away your first your first appearance um, on, on the short box, which was episode 259 for anyone wondering. The, the name of the episode is literally Bar to Darkness. It is still, and I'm looking at, you know, my little dash podcast dashboard right now. It is still the number, it is still in our top five best top, or top episodes of all time. So I, I highly recommend it. It was, you know, the uh, a catalyst um, the, to, to, you know, grow this budding friendship of ours. Yeah. Botter's not looking at me yet at this moment, but I'm just flexing. <laughs> you fool. Now I am. <laughs> no, right, they, they, thank you. Thank you for saying that Botter. And yeah, everyone, anyone I should say that hasn't heard that episode, go give it a, go give it a listen. Uh, anything that wants to boost my ego, uh, anyone that truly knows oh, me outside sh- of the podcast, I'm always trying to have that ego boost. Yo. I, and, and, you know, I, I kind of keep forgetting that, you know, that was your first appearance, and then your second appearance. I mean, granted, I think it was like a Star Wars episode, but the, <laughs> the second time that you were on the show talking about Simpsons was we recorded a pre-launch episode. That's right. Damn, it I had did. you over. It was like right before COVID shit happened, yeah. and we were trying to launch the podcast. And I was like, "Yo, I'll have you back on the show to promote your upcoming podcast." I gotta listen to that one back. That, yeah, me too. Actually, to hear your yeah. mentality. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, back to these questions. Next is a question from um, Harles <laughs> Harles Barkley to Charles Barkley minus the C guy. All right, Harles Barkley eighty five. They write, "Is it just me, or does the living room layout change?" Yeah. So I, when I saw this question, I thought about it a lot and I, I don't think it's just you Harls. I don't know your actual name, but I love that name. Um, I, I think they definitely are fluid with the living room from time to time in order to make uh, certain jokes happen. And you also, sometimes you see them hang out in their other living room esque room where the stairs are. Uh, so there, there's a, I think they are definitely very forgiving of the, uh, the perspective of the living room. And, uh, they definitely sort of like play with it. I I would say in general, it mostly stays the same, but I do think they play around with the, uh, the actual size of it 
for certain jokes. Um, so yeah, I, I would love to hear anyone that has uh, can point me to some specific instances where it's like really, really out. Because uh, I tried to think of a couple and nothing was coming to me right away. But uh, that is something interesting to see the times that they sort of just go, you know, this isn't right, but we need to make this joke. So who cares? Let's That's go. a good one. Put it back. Put put the onus back on the listeners. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This, this next question uh, comes from uh, uh, Connor Lestalka. Is that a, hopefully I'm Lestoka, right. Connor Lestoka. Lestoka, Lestoka, got it, okay. Connor Lestoka writes, uh, do you have a rival collector, your own personal baby Gerald? <laughs> Which is a great question. I, that that is a great question. One. Shout out to Connor. Uh, I think he submitted a question last time. He was also uh, on episode 17 of the podcast. Very funny uh, guy. Uh, you know, I'm not going to name their name, uh, but I might have one or two. Uh, and I have no ill feelings towards any of them. But there are a couple of people that have beat me to things that I wanted very badly. And uh, I definitely, in those moments, was like, how in the hell did this person see this before I saw it? Like, I'm meticulous. How did they get this bundle put together with this guy that I also buy for before I had a chance to even see it? And if you listen to the podcast and you think I'm talking about you, feel free to shoot me an email. I will definitely deny it. Uh, but they're, <laughs> but they're, they're, you know, much love to anyone. You know, I get messages a lot and this is also something that, that means a lot to me when people say, you know, I actually started collecting Simpsons a few years ago after following your collection for a while. And, cool. uh, you, you really kind of got me into this hobby and, you know, people, people shoot me questions sometimes and say, Hey, do you have any info on this? And I just want all of you to know, I enjoy that. So if I can help someone track an item down or give them some information on something they've been able to, to purchase, you know, I'm here to do it. I can't, you know, I can't promise I'll always see the message, but I will try my best. So, uh, to answer Connor's question directly, the answer is yes, but with lots of deniability and moving on. <laughs> well, well, let me, let me, um, let me add to that. And then I won't put you in a spot to, you know, uh, get you any, any flack, but <laughs> it, it, is it at the point now where you notice, uh, I guess, certain eBay handles, like, you know, like, oh, he's in this, he's bidding on this too. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna have an uphill battle. Like, are you at that point? I there are definitely times where I see okay. something that's gone, and I think, man, there's no way that's not Mr. Black. And then I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm gonna tell you if if Mr. Black gets one more yeah. thing that I'm trying to buy because they see it before me, then I'm gonna slap the shit out of Mr. Black. And that's just how it's gonna be. So uh, no, nah, okay. I don't really, I don't really mean that, uh, or maybe I do. Moving on. <laughs> All right, this next question comes from uh, uh, Dylan the Harris. Um, they write. Well, they're asking, what is your favorite Homer quote? So uh, I'm going to cop out on this just a little bit because uh, recently I've been watching a lot of uh, season five and six and I have decided, I mean, this is no, this is not news, but I've really just been obsessed with Bart's Comet lately. And I've decided that the scene in Bart's Comet where they're sitting on the roof waiting for the comet or waiting for the rocket to hit the comet where Homer is twiddling his thumbs or he's, he's talking about twiddling his thumbs and he's doing the hum. I've decided <laughs> yes. that that is one of the funniest things in the world. Homer, what if this doesn't work? Well, then I have a backup plan. See, while the unprepared are still sitting around twiddling their thumbs and going... Dad, the plan. I'm getting to that. So anyway, they're going. Dad, 
Dad. So anyway, we get in our car and take the bridge out of town. Well, all the while, they're still going. Dad, they're firing the rocket! All right! It's times like this I wish I were a religious man. It's all over, people. We don't have a prayer. Ah. I just think that I think that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the show. And it doesn't matter how many times I see it, but when Bart interrupts him and says, Dad, and he's like, I'm getting to that. I just think it's incredible. So that's going to be my answer. Not necessarily a quote, but I think it's a top five Homer moment. So that's where, I, that's where I'm going with that. I... I recently, um, yeah, you know, because when I know I'm going to be on on the show, I, I I just get in these like, you know, I'm like, oh, let me just put on some like Simpsons to get, you know, uh, familiarized with some of this, uh, you know, just to, I don't know, I just get in the mood. And I recently watched the um, the episode that Mark Hamill is in. Um, oh yeah, uh, Married to the Mob. Oh yeah, bro. There were so many parts I wanted to just text you, but that episode just kind of goes it. It's like so many subplots within subplots, and I love the progression of things. <laughs> but Mayor Quimpy introduces Mark, uh, you know, Mark Hamill to that sci-fi con crowd. He's like, <laughs> uh, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, 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 and real quick, does does Mark Hamill play? Does he also voice the um, the bodyguard trainer slash instructor guy? Man, his you know, voice sounded super familiar. He very well might. I actually, have, I'd have to look that up. He very well might. Something I did just recently notice, and I want to point this out to my listeners, uh, but Mark Hamill's son also, one of his sons, also worked for Bongo Comics. So if you ever huh. if you ever read a Bongo comic, especially from the late 90s, uh, and, well, in the, into the 2000s, I think he worked there for some time, but his name is Nathan Hamill. And uh, if you see that name, that is 100% Mark Hamill's son. And uh, he worked on Bongo Comics. So and Mark Hamill, also a big Simpsons fan. I mean, obviously he was in the episode, so that's not a surprise, but big fan of the show. And there's a toy made of him from that. So. Oh, really? Wait, uh, him as uh, Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking badass. Dang. You know, I, I, that's going to be my new um, kind of uh, curveball question for like diehard Star Wars fans that have like everything. I'm going to ask if they got, you know... Luke Skywalker uh, from the Sim. Do you have it? Do you have the film? I don't actually. <laughs> Come on, Warren. I'm out here about to like a nerd check card. <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask. Is he a rare figure? Is he a hard figure to get? Um, it's probably not that hard to find now. I'm going uh, to eBay. I'm probably going to eBay this next question in the middle of your question. Go ahead. You do do that. I like that. I like that live flavor. All right. Well, let me let me go ahead and toss you this question. Oh shit! It's from Trey Namo. Yo, shout out to Trey Namo. Hey, um, shout out. All right, Trey. I see what you do when, when, when you're not emailing the short box. All right. I, I, yo, noted, <laughs> Trey. But nah, uh, Trey's, Trey's good people. I'm glad he, he sent one in. Uh, Trey wrote in and he wrote, uh, out of every character in the Simpson verse, which character or characters do you believe could play a bigger role in the show if given the chance? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I, and I thought about this one a lot, but I keep coming back to an answer that uh, Ian Boothby, uh, last episode's guest, uh, half of last episode's guest, one of last episode's guests, what am I saying? Um, where he talked about Ralph and how, you know, there should and could be so much more to Ralph. And I, you know, I have to agree. I mean, Ralph can act, 
we learn that he's like actually, you know, far more talented and smart than we see at times. And, you know, like Ian also said, maybe Ralph is mostly just used for dumb jokes and they kind of avoided giving him more depth. So I, I think they could have easily, you know, you see in a future episode, you see Ralph a couple in a couple of those. But I do think there's a lot more they could have done with his acting career. They could have, you know, let him grow up and do more in some of those episodes other than just being like Bart's roommate or a cop like his dad. Uh, I think they could have done a lot more with him, uh, even as a kid. I think they should have made acting something he was able to do, even if they wanted to keep making the dumb jokes. I think that should have been a recurring joke in the show. So uh, that that's kind of where I landed. There's a lot of characters. You could argue Marge and Lisa. Um, mm. Mar- well, Marge especially could use more episodes that really focus on her. But I think Ralph is a is a solid answer. I'm going to give myself credit and say that's a great answer. (laughs) (laughs) So this sounds like a Ralph answer. (laughs) This sounds like an answer Ralph would say. But two things real quick. Anytime that uh, uh, Ralph shows up or says something, you know, absolutely, you know, just, you know, Ralph, (laughs) Ralph Ralph-esque, I look at Blythe and I'm like, yo, that's your favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) I just love reminding her, like, that is your favorite character eating uh, glue. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Secondly, I did just a super quick uh, search on eBay for this um, uh, Mark Hamill figure. Um, so don't don't beat me up if if maybe I just overlooked the listing, but the only one I could find is yeah um yeah what is it a NECA Simpsons 25th anniversary Mark Hamill uh get you know series two guest figure, but it's it's Mark Hamill himself like in a blue shirt, some khakis. It is not the uh, Luke Skywalker version. Yeah, so, you, you're, you're, you're correct. Version. I'll tell you why okay. I was thinking that. So you are correct. It is Mark Hamill, which is even better. Uh, someone had made bootleg copies of those figures uh, where they dressed him as Luke, and they even cool. redid the packaging to look like Star Wars packaging. That's uh, so I, cool. I'm sure if you Google those, you can find them. But yeah, the Mark Hamill okay. figure, I should say, uh, is a great one. And uh, those NECA figures are really great. The only reason I didn't get all of them is there was just some I didn't really care to have, like Aerosmith mm. and and you know certain, certain bands uh, so I was like, I'm just going to get the ones I really want. And for some reason, every time I went, Mark was out. And so I just never ended up getting Mark. But uh, I do have all, yeah. I have most of the ones that I really wanted from that line. I got a um, trip planned to uh, Orlando next month. And per my tradition, I'm going to stop by, um, oh my God. Oh, Acme Superstore. Acme, yeah, shout out to Acme. And I'm going to go walk by, and I'm going to go to that Simpsons aisle, and I'm going to scoop me up a couple. So if yeah. they got Mark, I'm definitely picking them up. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Uh, we got two more questions for you. Uh, this one is from a Mr. Bing Bang. He writes in, or they write in, sorry. Uh, what is your favorite fan theory about the show? Mine is that in the episode who shot Mr. Burns part one, Homer actually intended to shoot Mr. Burns himself and frame Krusty. Yeah, that's, uh, I do like that theory. There's like, uh, some really good ones revolving around those episodes specifically. Uh, but I, when I'm asked this question or a similar question, The one that I cannot shake, and I'm assuming most of my listeners are familiar with this, but just in case they're not, I tracked down the original Reddit thread with what I consider the best and most big brain Simpsons theory there is. I don't think it's real, but I do think it is very fun. In fact, spoiler, Al Jean came out and said, that's really good, but clearly that's not true. Hmm. But I'm going to read this thread from Reddit verbatim. And you all can come to your own conclusions. And if you're familiar with this, just fast forward because I don't know how long this is going to take me. But I'm sure some of you have missed out on this incredible, weird theory. So it starts with October 1992. Homer the Heretic airs, and it ends with Homer talking to God. God, I got to ask you something. What's the meaning of life? Homer, I can't tell you that. Come on. 
You'll find out when you die. I can't wait that long. You can't wait six months? No, tell me now. Well, okay. And it fades, the episode ends. April 1993, six months later. So it's come to this, a Simpsons clip show airs and involves Bart's April Fool's prank inadvertently putting Homer into the hospital where he is then crushed by a vending machine and put in a coma. Now, the episode ends with Homer waking up and giving us a hilarious POV shot of him choking Bart, but it seems to be too convenient and sudden. I propose that Homer, and this is the person proposing, not me, I propose that Homer didn't actually wake up from his coma and that he is still in a vegetative state and every single Simpsons episode afterwards is in Homer's imagination. This is, oh, why, the char- this is why the characters do not age. Homer remembers Bart, Lisa, and Maggie as 10, 8, and 1, so they will always appear that way in his dreams. He is subconsciously aware of time passing, so his mind will often update his memories so that the year they occurred matches up with the age he thinks he is, e.g. that 90s show contradicting other flashback episodes. While the characters' ages do not change, the events happening to The Simpsons definitely did. The plots of episodes following the April Fool's show are far zanier than beforehand. Damn, I cannot wait to uh, poorly repeat that when I, I see Drew. <laughs> I'm about to blow his mind. That is a very interesting. Now, granted, they kind of lose me at the um, the memory updating itself. Uh, that's an interesting um, nuance to it. But well, well, if you think about man. it, if you think about it, someone in a coma can still uh, like their brain can still can still hear things like their brain oh. can still react. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, depending okay. on how severe. So basically, the theory is claiming that. Since he is in a coma, the family is still coming to see him and talking to him. And so he's hearing things and applying it to his brain where he sees these things happen, but that they are not actually, you know, he's imagining them as children, Mm -hmm. even though they are clearly much older. And again, I don't believe a word of this theory, but I think it's very good. Yeah, Um, for sure. And I'm just going to preface, I just want to preface that if anyone heard what sounded like a lawnmower during this, Somehow a lawnmower just got closer to my window than they've ever been. So I hope that doesn't make it into the podcast. You know, I'm telling you now, it's, it's um, <laughs> lawnmowers, I, I swear to God, are uh, they sense, uh, oh, so-and-so is on a phone call. Let me let me get louder and closer. I got you. Yeah, it seems um, very late to record that episode. But. That... Or that, to, to mow, mean, the that, lawn, mow the lawn. <laughs> yeah, they, they was like, man, they must be they must be that rival collector. That's what it is. They're That's that who rival it is. Collector trying to sabotage. Mr. Black mm-hmm. is outside. Yeah. <laughs> now, that was a solid. How, how old is that Reddit thread? Uh, six years old. I actually thought I wrote their oh. name in my notes, but apparently I did not. So I would recommend everyone looks that up. Uh, you, if, you, if you Google Reddit Simpsons theory, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, and this, when this came out, it was the, you know, a lot of people were talking about it and to the point that even I was like, man, I, I don't believe that, but that's really good. Like I found myself talking about it a lot. Uh, but again, yeah, Al Jean, Al Jean came out and said, come on, that's not real, but it is very interesting. And, and props to that person for thinking about it that, that much. For sure. It, it, I mean, even though I, I, I definitely don't probably, I, I don't buy into it, but it probably would be fun to like watch episodes of that in mind and like, see how that kind of alters it. That's cool. Okay. Uh, the last question that we've got comes from uh, VM Sev. Uh, they write in, uh, pretty lengthy uh, write in too. So I'm excited about this. Yeah, this is this is a very good question. Uh, bear with Botter, it's very long. <laughs> yeah. So they write, uh, I started watching the show as a kid, eight to 10 years old, when it was already in its ninth or 10th season. To me, every episode was new, even reruns. 
I didn't understand what most adult jokes, but still found the show funny. As I got older, I got to rewatch all of it and laugh at new jokes I didn't initially catch. However, I'm old enough that I hold certain bias against post-season 20 episodes. I still watch, though. This made me wonder, who had the best Simpsons experience? Was it people who were 20-plus when the show came out and got to experience the show being groundbreaking? Was it people who were kids or teens that enjoyed the show and took it for granted and got to rewatch and enjoy episodes in a new way as I got older? Is it people who are kids now who might be less inclined to have a new episodes or bad attitude that older fans have while also having every episode at their fingertips thanks to Disney Plus? This is this is a very deep question. Yeah, a lot of layers. A lot of layers to this. I mean, again, this is the layers episode. A lot. We're talking about a lot of layers here. Uh, this episode is just straight up an onion. Um, yeah. So, so <laughs> that's a terrible so joke. <laughs> I mean, the, the initial the initial question is, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it's an onion. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna cut it because if it was that bad. I deserve to be made fun of. Yeah, yeah, you do. You you, you got to own that one. But so so he's initially asking who had the better. Um, a viewing experience, and then he's got so he's got what one, two or three groups, um, three different options. It, was it okay about three different? So was it people who were twenty years old, twenty plus when the show originally came out and got to experience it firsthand with it being groundbreaking, or was it people who were uh, kids or teens? Like I, I think we both would fit in that category that enjoyed the show, but we took it for granted, rewatched it. Now we're enjoying all the the episodes, or is it you know this generation of kids who? don't have that, you know, all the new show episodes are bad attitude because they've got access to every single episode ever made. So three, about three categories. I, I think in retrospect or in, when I really take a look at this, I think when I really take a look at this question, I think it's people who are, who are kids now, you know, who might be, like he said, he said, who are kids now who might be less inclined to have a new episodes are bad attitude. I think kids that have gotten into the Simpsons in the last five or 10 years probably have the best experience because they're looking at everything without that, you know, predetermined conventional wisdom that so many people have. Hmm. You have people that got into the show long enough ago that they already had their friends saying, yo man, like tonight, don't watch the Simpsons anymore. It sucks. Like, have you seen the new episodes? Like season 12 is not good. It's getting real weird. And you hear people from all over give different experiences about, you know, how they felt as the show moved into a new style or tried new things. But I think kids that like it now probably relate to more current jokes than even say that even say like we do. Um, hmm. And I think because of that, uh, they're able to appreciate all of them for what they are. They might even believe it or not, everybody, you know, think about this. But there are people that prefer newer seasons to classic ones. There are kids that are going to think jokes that they understand references that are of their time. They're going to think mm-hmm. those are funnier than jokes about, you know, telethons and collect calls like you know whatever i don't know why they're all all these references i'm saying are phone related but those jokes get lost on some younger people and they might not find them as funny which is one of many reasons why i tell people to lighten up when they get mad about them playing with the timeline and i'm happy that matt selman recently said that you know they're doing a lot of that in season 33 and i'm personally really excited so you know i would love to hear what everyone thinks about that question i would love to think you know i would love to hear what your opinion is and once again, there's that lawnmower. So if you hear this on the podcast, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, I'm thinking I'm right. I'm right there with um, a VM Sev. I mean, I it, like almost to the dot. You know, I, I was watching it at eight to ten years old, and uh, and I've, I think I've said this like on the first Q and A on one of these episodes. But like, you know, I, I moved to the states from you know Spain. I was living. We were living in Spain at the time in like '95. So it was you know it was my go to show. 
um, in those early years of like school. Like, you know, I, I'd watch it on Fox and, you know, it was, it was extremely helpful and kind of teaching me a lot of lessons. Um, as well as like English too, it kind of helped like kind of fine tune my English and gave me like, you know, Bart was relatable cause it was like, Oh, same age. And is this what I should be doing at this age as a boy? Granted, I, I didn't do any of that shit, Sure, but I, I go back and rewatch it, enjoying it in a couple of different, you know, uh, you know, different ways, you know, there's that nostalgic sense, you know, and that, that appreciation of like, Oh wow, this, you know, I, I was watching something that was benefit, you know, that, that taught me something, you know, granted a lot, all the jokes went over my head, which I think makes it even more fun now as an adult. Cause I'm catching these things like, Oh wow, this is really, this is, it makes me appreciate the, you know, now the, the writers and, and everyone behind the scenes. Cause it's like, wow, like, you know, I guess you don't think about that as a kid, like the people involved in it, you know, like there are writers writing these jokes, there's animators making, you know, bringing it to life. So I think the nostalgia for our age range probably plays a big role in it. I don't, you know, I, I look at that first group, you said people who were 20 plus when the show came out and got experienced it when it was groundbreaking. Um, I, I, I think about like things I like that 20 and I don't revisit them nearly as much as, you know, when I was in my teens and younger, that stuff kind of holds more, more weight to me. I think it's because my memory of that stuff at 20 is still relatively strong. And I know I probably experienced it for what it should be, but, um, yeah, that, that's kind of my two cents about it. No, hundred percent. And I, you know, I think, I don't think either, I don't think any of the answers are incorrect. I, I just, for sure, I just for sure. think that there is really yeah. something, uh, I think there's something special about people that found it late in life. And I meet, you know, I meet collectors that are, between, you know, anywhere from 15 to 25 and they only started collecting in the last couple of years. Like this is not necessarily a show they grew up with at all um, hmm. or that they really paid attention to until they were older. And I just think that's something that makes The Simpsons special. I mean, you think about what, why I even have this podcast. That's sort of it right there. I think no matter how you found this show, I think you find a special connection to the show that allows you to, you know, take different pieces from it and apply them to your lives whether it's the reason you think certain things are funny or it's the friendships you make, you know, I say that a lot. Um, I think there's something special about it and it creates a special bond. Even if you have varying levels of thoughts about the show, uh, I think there's something that you can really connect with someone on. And uh, yeah, the Simpsons is great. Well said. <laughs> well, I want to close us out uh, with some of the unpopular opinions that we talked about uh, or that I talked about. <laughs> I have this thing on the podcast now where I say we a lot, even when it's just me this time, it actually is we, but I talked about it on another episode. Uh, and I want you guys to keep sending me these. I want to hear your unpopular opinions about the Simpsons. I want to hear things that you argue with your friends about when it comes to the show. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to go through and read some of the ones that were left on my post. Uh, some of them I agree with some of them. I don't, some of them I don't necessarily think are unpopular opinions, but I'll leave that up to all of you as you hear them. Um, the first one I'm going to read is from Timothy Burleson, where he says the Simpsons has never predicted anything. And, uh, I'm just going to say, even though I said I wouldn't comment, I'm with you, Timothy. They didn't predict anything. Everyone's got to let that go. The next one is from Valerie Carmen. Marge needs more episodes. Agree. You know, I'm just going to tell you if I agree or disagree. That's how we're going to do this. Yeah. Cairo Duff says the new Simpsons episodes are still better than most shows on television. Agree. There you go. That's a good one. Uh, who Danny Ellis or who Daniel is, who Daniel is. I think I've been saying his Yo, name wrong. Yo, shout out to Daniel Ellis. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, uh, he runs the, uh, uh, the Collison McCollum shop right down the street from me, actually. Oh, very cool. Yo, shout out to, shout out to Daniel. Uh, he says, Lisa is the best character. 
Come on, Daniel. You know your boy. You know I agree with that. Come on. That's good stuff. Anyone that disagrees with that, uh, turn off the podcast. Um, so then we have Michael Thomas, 1998. He says, some of the new seasons are actually good. And if you're a true Simpsons fan, you'd enjoy Simpsons for the fact that it's Simpsons. I like the I like the hard hmm. stance my man Michael has taken on that. I totally agree with him on that. I, I see a running theme in these uh, these ones. That I'm just reading these straight <laughs> off, everybody. These are not biased, okay? These are not biased. Um, but I also, you know, Michael, I will say, uh, I think it's, you know, subjective if someone considers himself a real fan or not. But, you know, I'm, I'm nudging and winking at you that I totally feel you. Um, so then we have weird Al fan 2727 says, and if any of you want to go argue with these people in my comments, uh, do that in DM please. Uh, principal and the pauper is a good episode. Hard agree, man. I'm agreeing with a lot of these. Was there, is there a hard stance or a a group out there that disagree? A lot of people don't, a lot of people don't like that episode. They, they blame it for a lot of the weirder things that happened to the Simpsons show. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I disagree. I understand it's a weird episode, but I'm telling you, go back and watch it. It's great. I think we talked about it in one other episode, possibly. Don't quote me on that. Um, Marissa Madness says, retconning the way we was by saying that Homer and Marge met in the 90s was a horrible and nonsensical decision. Uh, I'm hitting my imaginary buzzer because... They didn't necessarily retcon the way they met. They just played with the timeline. Both episodes still stand. Both timelines still exist. And they, they, you know, they've done that a couple of times. So they're not saying that any of them don't exist. They're just using them as means to a story. But that's just my opinion on that. So a hard disagree. Uh, LOL.Zanetta says, Krusty is overrated. Ooh, Ooh that's spicy. Man, we'll go spicy. I need some gloves. We'll I need some. I need some gloves on to scroll past that one. <laughs> I love my man Krusty. Disagree on that. Uh, James Madison fifty six says Marge versus the monorail isn't a top ten or even a top twenty best episode. Okay, now that's a spicy take. Top twenty is that is a spicy take. I mean, damn. I'd like to see his top twenty. I would think it's definitely top twenty. I, I think that is, in my opinion, James. But I respect you. I respect that take. Uh, let's see. Andy K six forty says, Oh, well, I should have lumped these together. He says, I like the principal and the pauper. It's a great episode of television. And one of my favorite jokes of all time is early in this episode. I wish he had told me which joke, but I agree. A great episode. Uh, Losha, Oh, lock. Some of these names I'm butchering guys. I'm sorry. Lock again says, okay, but deep space Homer is stupid. Like people complain that Homer did this or that in some new episodes, but he goes to space and everyone's okay with it. I've said this recently myself. Uh, let's see. We have J underscore blessed. The Simpsons has sucked ass since 2004. <laughs> um, now J blessed. I think we, I think we all know oh, that I just, I'm sorry. that I firmly disagree with that comment. Uh, some of these you're like, yo, why'd you write in? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you know what? Do you know what all of this is for? <laughs> no, I want to. I want to hear those takes. Nah, I'm yeah, not. Absolutely. I'm not asking for them. But if, if that's if that's yeah. the take you got, but I'm glad to hear that you argue with your friends about that because they are <laughs> right to do it. I will say some of them sound like. I, I think the the way that some of them relate, it almost sounds like you're reading like a thread, like people going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, it's funny. I'm reading these straight up in order. So it's kind of funny how these fell. Um, all right, let's see here. We have, uh, and I'm going to skip a couple of these. There's just too many, but 
uh, my little slice of hell official says the Simpsons is still great. I don't get the people that drop off through the years. Uh, Laura underscore Ozturk says, I don't like Sideshow Bob episodes. Gonna hard disagree on that one as well, but good take. Uh, Danilo underscore Zai, I'm probably saying that wrong, also says, back to back, I don't care for Sideshow Bob. Interesting. Uh, Tuckmott says, Ralph is not funny beyond his first appearances. He becomes an obnoxious parody of himself. Uh, I'm not going to agree or disagree with that. I'm neutral on that statement. Mm. There's something There's something to it, though. Uh, only a few more here. We have Matthew Sharpie. He says, Homer was better when he got drunk and strangled Bart. Um, I mean, he still sort of strangles him. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely still gets drunk. getting drunk? Nah, my <laughs> yeah, man still gets drunk. <laughs> All right, so then we have, I'm going to read three more here. Three more? Yeah, three more. Um, off Simpsons pupils, shout out to Off Simpsons pupils. They say, the saddest part of all Simpsons is when Santa's little helper and his quote unquote bitch fat shame the Sharpay. Uh, that's a definite, that's definitely a sad moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, Dylan and Brendan's Simpsons podcast, shout out to another Simpsons podcast said later seasons are far better than people who haven't seen a single episode. Give it credit for round of applause, Dylan. I totally agree. And last but not least, we have Olivia Blackstone. Not only did she ask a question, but she submitted a a lovely uh, hot take for us. She's here for all of the bonus points and and, and extra and and extra credit. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, The Surfsons would have made a great feature length episode. 100% agree. The running theme I'm, the the running theme I, I saw was, let's see, um, (laughs) a lot of Ralph hate. Um, and, but a a lot of Ralph hate and a lot of sideshow Bob hate. Yeah. And, but, uh, and and I think a a little more on the side of what you've been kind of preaching these last couple of Q and a episodes, um, a lot of love for the the later season. Like I'm, I'm, it's kind of cool to see that many people chime in with, you know, something, uh, the, the same kind of message that you've been trying to get across for a while. Yeah. I never expect that. Uh, when I, when I prompt questions like that, but I'm always happy to see it. And I will say that I've noticed that that opinion has sort of shifted over the last few years. Mm. I feel like you see a little more positivity about later seasons and I'm always happy to see that. But Botter, that is our Q and a for today. Give yourself a round of applause, man. I will. Good job. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <you did> it. <laughs> no, uh, that was real tight. Thank you. Shout out to everyone who uh, submitted a question, who submitted an unpopular opinion. And if you want to be a part of the next Q and a slide over to at Simpsons is greater than on Instagram, go to at Simpsons is great on Twitter. Contact me in any way, shape or form. If you want to submit a question or an unpopular opinion. And also you can email me at Simpsons is great at gmail.com. And uh, I'm accepting all submissions and all things like that. Even if you just want to tell me that you love or hate the podcast, I'm accepting that there. Botter, anything before we uh, get out of here? Now, this was a lot of fun. Um, I always, uh, like I said, I'm always impressed to see the, the, not only the number of questions you get, but also the, the range of questions. So I will say, you know, thank you for letting me hop on. Thanks to your listeners for, for you know, accepting me into, into the, the, the circle as well. And I'll just, once again, just kind of shamelessly plug, uh, if you want to, if you're a fan of comic books, um, check out my podcast, the short box podcast available everywhere you listen to podcasts. 100%. And also, yo, 
Another reason you should follow the Instagram is so you can hang out with us when we do pod boys. So get on Instagram at Simpsons is greater than hit that follow button. Come hang out with us. And uh, as for me, as for Botter, we out. Peace. Peace. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out the official Instagram at Simpsons is greater than or follow me on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Barter Darkness on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week.